Today's podcast is sponsored by Atomic Golf. If you need custom ball markers, divot repair tools, and more that are made from high-quality materials like solid copper and brass and look really good, then you should check out our friends at Atomic Golf. If courses like Old Barnwell, Landman, Sweetens Cove, and more are already working with them, then you should too. Visit AtomicGolf.club and follow them on Instagram at AtomicGolf. Some players, again, are just oblivious to it. They, they haven't thought about it, what kind of bag they have, how it's going to carry, uh, what mm-hmm. kind of strap it has, how uh, heavy it is, all that kind of stuff. And some uh, just don't care. <laughs> One of the things that gets me, though, have you ever had this player who, like, you've even had the talk before the round and said, man, what do you got in here? Uh, you know, whatever. You're trying to be playful with it. Yeah. And so they, you hope they take the hint, and then all of a sudden, right at the starters table, they're adding water to it. Then they're going oh, to yeah. a beverage cart, and they're adding two beers to it. And yeah. you're finally like, "Hey, man, yeah. uh, we gotta, we gotta do something about this." Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to the Caddy Tales podcast. The podcast where we remember and celebrate the fact that golf mirrors life. And we take the lessons we learn on the course, we apply them to our lives, we take the lessons we have in our lives, we apply them to the course, and uh, hopefully we all grow a bit. My sidekick, Nick, is here with me once again. I'm Mark the Caddy, and we're happy to share some of the stories and experiences we have as caddies at a top 100 golf course uh, to help you have some fun help you learn more about uh, what it's like out on the golf course and maybe be able to take some of those lessons uh, into your own life and into your own game. So thanks for uh, joining me, Nick. How are you doing? I'm doing well, buddy. A little little odd with no football this week, but... I know. It's actually one of those sad, sad uh, weekends of the year because uh, we're into February, which is kind of a the dog mm-hmm. days of winter and then all of a sudden we don't have football but you told me that you used the opportunity to yesterday to watch a little bit of live golf and i know yeah. that's a hot button topic for many yeah. potential listeners out there how'd you enjoy that uh yeah that was like the first uh live golf tournament i've watched i mean with the whole um pga versus live thing you kind of take a side I guess maybe I sided with the PGA a little bit just because, you know, they've they've got the best golfers, but Liv's certainly catching up. They got Rom. Rom made a little noise yesterday. Uh, I liked the format a lot. Uh, the shotgun start was pretty sweet. Everybody's like, you know, basically through the same amount of holes at the same time. So you're kind of chasing the leader, like literally at that moment. Um, that was pretty cool. Um, and it came down to the end with a playoff with Joaquin Neiman and uh, Sergio Garcia and I mean, it did not disappoint whatsoever. It was it was pretty incredible to watch. Um, yeah, yeah, it sounds like it. I didn't watch it, but I did catch on Twitter. I think each of the times the uh, live mic caught Rom drop the f bomb, which yeah, seemed to be he, more than once. He's got some adjusting to do with the, with the whole lift thing. He does not. <laughs> yeah. uh, he does not like all the external stuff going on with Liv, how, you know, somebody's like going to adjust their cap while he's ready to putt and he freaks out about that or something like that. Yeah. He's yeah. No, I was thinking about how many times, uh, how dangerous it would be to have a live mic on the course for us and our (laughs) players. I wrote in my book, 
I think I heard the F-bomb more my first week of caddying than I had like the previous 15 years of my life. So. <laughs> yeah, that'll happen. And I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. But uh, mm -hmm. anyways, I didn't watch Live. I actually uh, did watch the abbreviated tournament at Pebble Beach. And, uh, you know, two things came to mind. I'm always trying to like think about things in terms of uh, our life as caddies. And I recognize mm -hmm. it's so different than being mm -hmm. on a professional tour. But, you know, they had this massive wind and storms and stuff at Pebble. And I got to think, you know, they cancel Sunday. Mm -hmm. And I don't have a strong opinion either way on it, I guess. I would have probably enjoyed watching the carnage a little bit. But uh, yeah. I thought, we're going to have golfers this season who play in worse than that. And they're going to gleefully tell us you know, oh, yeah. how yeah. we're going to finish no matter what, or it's all part of the experience. And uh, we're going to have to lug two heavy bags, yeah. uh, waterlogged or whatever, through oh. the course. And so if we can do it, I guess part of me wants to say those professional players could have done it. Yeah, one of the uh, downsides of the job is uh, grinding it out through those, uh, yeah. those miserable rain days. Yeah, it becomes a... a really a work of art to see how some of the caddies try to convince their players to quit. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're one of the artists. I feel like I, I do. Okay. With it. I, but I was with a young guy this year. Uh, I felt like he was the chosen one, my protege. I mean, he's just blatantly lying to the players about like uh, the back nine is going to be the most difficult thing you've ever encountered oh, and geez. all that stuff. And uh, the, the weather's going to get even worse. And I look at the radar and I'm like, it looks like it's about to clear up, but he's yeah. going all in here trying to get, yeah. but anyway, I digress. Um, and then the second thing I thought though, and this is the one that's maybe more challenging is Wyndham Clark has the round of his life. Yeah. And he's a, he's literally a few inches away from shooting like 57 at Pebble beach. And, uh, cause the last three holes, he just left a putt an inch or so short. Oh. And, um, certainly he could have gotten 59 pretty easily, which would have been pretty remarkable. He still sets the course record, but I can't remember the exact number. I want to say it was like 245 feet of putts he made Ooh. on, uh, on Saturday. And, it was a lot of feet of putts. He was, he made like a number of them over 24 feet. And I just want to say out there for all of our players, I love you. You are good people. We are going to have great times this season. You cannot do that. Yeah. He, he, and uh, so good. adjust the expectations accordingly, yeah. because we're going to have guys now lining up 30 footers and thinking yeah. they're going to make them all because they saw Wyndham Clark one day at Pebble Beach. And yeah. uh, that yeah, can be pretty know. tough. Yep. 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 Sometimes yeah. they make it look too easy. It's kind of, it's kind of like a double edged sword for us. Yeah. Yeah. That's for sure. All right. Well, anyways, let's uh, move on to our, topic for the day and we're going to continue this series of podcasts for a while that we started last week on things caddies care about and things caddies don't care about and last week we talked about how caddies don't care about a player's ability quite as much as that player might think we do or mm. certainly not as much as we care about a number of other things i had at least three people that i can think of maybe more over the last week, actually, it's just been a few days since that podcast dropped, reach out to me and tell me how thankful they were to listen for that. 
because oh, yeah, they 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 kind of fell in that camp of being nervous to have a caddy. Okay. Because they you know didn't want to embarrass themselves or they thought they would be a nuisance or whatever mm -hmm. and they said it gave them a whole new perspective so i thought well, great. hey that's uh that's pretty cool yeah that is yeah so today uh we talked about something last week that we don't care about that much today we're going to talk about something we care about a whole lot no mystery to it and that is what bag a player carry brings to the golf course. I shouldn't say carries on the golf course. They're not going to be the ones carrying it. Well, yeah, no, true. But uh, we care very much, as you can imagine, what bag we have to put over our shoulders, especially since we're going to be doing it with two mm -hmm. most often. And um, it's uh, it's a huge part of the job. Nick, can you? Uh, it is. Can you think of a time where you just? were weighed down something fierce by yeah. the bag that you were carrying? Yeah, so I had a group um, show up at the last minute. So they were coming from Sand Valley, um, to, and then they were coming to our course to play in the afternoon. Um, so they had played 18 holes prior um, and came at twilight, uh, which, um, you know, it's kind of always – kind of a, a weird time for us because we don't know if you're going to get your, your round in for sure or not. Um, so they show up last minute. I think they're actually late for their tea time. And they show up like right at the tea box. I meet them at the tea box and the guy has a staff bag. Um, so it's too late to change it out. Um, and it was my second loop. Uh, so I was already pretty tired. And uh, it, it made for a difficult day for me and I was very cra crabby with them at the time. I mean, I was trying not to, not to show that, but, um, yeah, I was a little crabby about having to carry a, a staff bag all day. Um, but yeah, he, he ended up being a pretty good golfer, pretty cool, pretty cool guy. And it ended up being a good, a good round, but yeah, it could have been a little easier for me on my second one. If you would have yeah. maybe brought a bag. Yeah. And we'll talk about it. Nah. Yeah. A little bit about how, you know, not every heavy bag is um, is the same in the sense that some players may not have as bad of intentions as some others regarding mm -hmm. that. Now, here's one that did, and this wasn't me, thank goodness. But I was up at the bag drop, and it was a, it was an afternoon where we were waiting for a second loop. And, of course, that second loop of the day, you know, you're going to be – tired regardless by the end of it mm -hmm. but uh you're hoping for an easy round um and uh it wasn't mine but it was somebody who was going to be a few holes behind us this guy shows up and it's the it was the first time i had ever seen like an argument between a player and a manager up at the mm -hmm. bag drop mm -hmm. and eventually the manager really and i couldn't i was so thankful for this and i had never seen it before this manager says, I just can't let a caddy carry this bag. I mean, it's unsafe. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we hear that and guys start going over and kind of picking it up on the, on the side. And, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. you couldn't even get it up. Like it was like, I'm a big guy yeah. and I could barely get it up to my shoulders for like yeah. a second, let alone think about carrying it 18 holes with another bag. Oh. And so this guy, he was really, kind of animated and he 
uh, refused to take anything out of it, and he refused to change it out. And so they had a little impasse there. <clears throat> and the solution that came about, and I don't know if this was a solution that the golf manager came to, or if the caddy did this on his own, or whatever. The caddy who was on that loop happened to be one of the nicest caddies we have, and one of the most gracious guys. Mm-hmm. And so I'm on a hole uh, on the back nine, and it was one where you could see then players on a previous hole kind of mm-hmm. walking parallel to us. And I see this caddy carrying one bag on his shoulder, and then he's pulling a golf cart behind him with the oh, yeah. second one. Yeah. And I thought, you know what? I would like offer to pay this guy not to caddy for him. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I just can't even imagine how miserable that loop was. Yeah. And uh, it speaks to the fact that, you know, not only does it make the job difficult, but sometimes you're just working with people who are very, very strong minded mm-hmm. type A folks who want things the way they want them. And to be fair, they've spent a lot of money and I get all of that. And so it's not always the most comfortable thing for more reasons than just having a heavy bag. But I want to be clear about something here. Uh, because inevitably, when I have seen this topic ever come up, especially on X, uh, somebody in the comment section throws out a uh, barb against caddies that, you know, we're always whining about something. And yeah, <laughs> this isn't, this topic and us caring about it is not just to be whining about something yeah. or not yeah. because we don't want to work hard. To be honest, yeah. you're working hard as a caddy, even if you have like yeah. empty bags, you yeah. know, you're, yeah. if you do two loops in a day, you're still mm-hmm. walking like 17 miles. It's not like it's uh, the easiest job in the world regardless. But, um, you know, people say you're whining. And I got to thinking, can you think of a job, Nick, where people want it to be made unnecessarily more difficult uh, off the top of my head, what? Um, no, I mean, it's like, I think about like, even like the guys who come and pick up our trash, you know, and stuff. I'm like, am uh, I going to yeah. go out there and just throw the gra- trash loosely on the end of my driveway? Yeah. And then when they don't want to pick it up like that, say, stop your whining. No, yeah. of course not. Yeah. So it's not about whining, but a phrase that I heard a caddy say my first year, maybe it was my second year, but because it, it's always delicate on how to handle this. But I heard a phrase that I had, I've since adopted. And he says this, he goes, um, when the bag's a little heavy and he's a little, you know, nervous, this happened to be one where it was a second loop. He used the phrase, help me, help us help you. Yeah. Help, yeah so he puts it kind of in a positive, you know, mm-hmm. we're going to, the, the less we've got on our shoulders, the quicker we're going to be, the more mm-hmm. uh, energetic we're going to be, the better mm-hmm. job we're going to do for you. So help us help you. Is there anything that you don't necessarily need here mm-hmm. out on this, uh, out on this loop here today? So, um, you know, and, and some players are really cool with it. You know, yeah. some, some are almost over the top. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I would say it's like 90% probably that are, that are fine with it. You know, if you, if you got to change something out or if you got to take, take some things out of it. Um, yeah, I'd say 90% of the people are pretty cool with it. Yeah. yeah. Now you touched on something there Um, because somebody's going to just send me a message or respond on X say, well, why don't you just change it out at my course that we, we just change it. 
that works with a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um, or, you know, you go and put some stuff behind the bag drop to store for after the Mm -hmm. round. It doesn't work with everybody. Yeah. And we are working in a job where you are trying to maximize the gratuity that they're going to give you at the end of the round. Who wants to start it in an adversarial tone? Yeah. It's, it's awkward. Yeah. And so, yeah, you think, I mean, but the vast majority of people are really cool. There's just some who... Yeah. are very particular so yeah the our course gets like a reputation that it's very difficult which it is um and also that you're going to lose a lot of golf balls which isn't really the case to be completely honest like i mean i've had people bring like upwards of like 35 40 balls out there and i'm yeah. like do the do the math on that you're you think you're going to lose two balls a hole like that's almost insulting to me you know <laughs> I'm not going to lose that many golf balls for you. I don't. Yeah. yeah hope. But even there, you know, there are some people who do it because uh, that because they um, legitimately are nervous and scared, and somebody has told them this is the hardest place to play in the world, and they think yeah. they're terrible golfers, and you know they don't mean anything by it. Mm-hmm. And then there's others who just never even thought about it, like because their their bag's probably on the back of a cart. all the time and uh you know they just it just didn't occur to them the challenge becomes mainly when you ask somebody hey do you think we need all these or is there some stuff we can take out of here how to deal with those situations where the player's like no i I think i need everything or i think i've taken out everything that uh i can and that leads to you know what i think is is potentially the deeper issue that's at play here and why maybe this particular issue is one that I feel more strongly about than some others, because there's a ton of stuff about caddying and about golf that I don't care about at all. Uh, And I roll with, but this is one where I kind of have some strong feelings. And I I guess I'd start by asking you this, Nick, because I, I, I know the answer. I think I know the answer is when you go out, would you consider yourself a pretty good tipper? Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it kind of comes with the territory, and like a lot of caddies believe that like it's kind of karma, like what comes around goes around a little bit. So, yeah, yeah I, I, I mean, I have heard in a number of places, yeah, um, how people love it when the caddies come. Yeah, we did a caddy tournament at the end of the season at a course, and they mm-hmm. give us this great discounted rate because what do they know the caddies are going to do? Yeah, they're going to come and spend money, and they're going to tip well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that at various establishments around town, uh, they love the caddies because yeah. they know the cat. I mean, there's a little, little bar across the street from, uh, yeah. the course where, you know, the bartenders there mm-hmm. make a pretty good, uh, yeah. amount of money yeah. just from yeah. the caddies who come in yeah. and yeah. take care of them. And, and that, and then, you know, if those ladies go out, my guess is they tip really well because there's kind of this understanding in the service industry yeah. that you take care of people mm-hmm. and mean. that um, those extra few dollars might mean, not mean that much to you, but it means a ton to them. Mm-hmm. And, and so my question doesn't stem from a discussion about tipping as much as it's how do you view the service industry? How do you view people who are working for you? And I would say the vast majority of players really value mm-hmm. us and other service workers and are very kind. And then there's that section, that group, where it's like you can tell they come from a life of privilege and have never had to uh, 
work a service job in their life. Have you ever had players like that? Yeah. I mean, sometimes you get people that are like excessively wealthy and they just don't really understand how much, you know, uh, a small amount of money like that means to you. But um, yeah, it's, it's occasional. Yeah. And beyond, and beyond money, they don't understand just like, like respect. Uh, that, that there's no need to treat these people Mm-hmm. with uh, disrespect or mm-hmm. to not value them and to lift them up. It's just kind of like not something that they think about because they've never really been in that position before. Yeah. And so it can be um, frustrating. It can be hard to stay motivated mm-hmm. on those kind of loops to just want to do your best because uh, you, you just you, you think even if you do, are, are these people going to notice or care uh, anyways. So, you know, some players, again, are just oblivious to it. They, they haven't thought about it, what kind of bag they have, how it's going to carry, uh, what mm-hmm. kind of strap it has, how uh, heavy it is, all that kind of stuff. And some uh, just don't care. <laughs> One of the things that gets me, though, have you ever had this player who, like, you've even had the talk before the round and said, man, what do you got in here? Uh, you know, whatever. You're trying to be playful with it. Yeah. And so they, you hope they take the hint. And then all of a sudden, right at the starter's table, they're adding water to it. Then they're going oh, to a not. beverage cart and they're adding two beers to it. And yeah. you're finally like, hey, man, yeah. uh, we got to we gotta do something about this here. Yeah. Uh, you ever have players like that? Yeah, all the time. And I've had like people that... You know, people always say like, ah, I've taken everything out of here I could. And like, then you like look in their bag and you're like, hey, you know, you have like three beers in here that, you know, <laughs> they're, they're, they've been expired for like six years. And they're like, oh, I didn't even, didn't even know those were in there. Yeah. 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 No, absolutely. Oh man. And that's what you, those twilight loops. So second loops of the day, that seems to have the higher percentage of guys trying to smuggle their own beer onto the course or mm-hmm. uh, whatever. And you're like, man, uh, you know, people who don't go to, you know, resort courses often mm-hmm. tend to maybe just not know that yeah. you've got some guys who have bought bags specifically yeah. uh, that are designed to make, a walk around the course easier. Yeah, and, I love uh, those guys. Those guys are, are are thinking of you at least, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, you know, and 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 then you know, there's other times where guys are even over the top. Like, are, are you sure it's okay? Are you sure? No, hey, no. sir, I'm, ma'am, I'm 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 willing to work hard for you. I'm here for you. I'm here to serve you. Um, we're just talking about like when it's out of control, out of hand, and stuff. So. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I do want to touch on, though, because I have found that if I want to generate some buzz on my X account and, and get some stuff going, I've done this a few times. I post a picture of a 14-slot bag. I, <laughs> oh, yeah. I know I know you feel strongly about that one. Yeah. And I just let – I'm like, let people have their way. I'll say something like, you know, if you carry one of these, you're letting the terrorists win or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. But, uh, man, oh, man, are there such strong feelings about that 14-slot bag? And let me tell you, I have strong feelings about – how useful and helpful they are. But how about we take one moment to help our listeners understand that we don't dislike those bags because of the weight. Yeah. I mean, it can be because of yeah. the weight sometime, but some of them are no heavier than 
other bags. All right. Yeah. So listeners out there, if you've ever wondered, if you ever uh, wanted to like mute me or block me on X because I talk about the 14 slot bag, let me just explain to you this point of view. Okay. So you've got that bag on the back of a cart. It's your bag. You play with it, you know, a hundred rounds a year at your home course. It makes total sense. You're maybe an engineer or an accountant and your brain is you know, wired to work in a certain way. So you want every club to have its place. You want to know where that mm -hmm. place is. Easy in, easy out. Okay. Yep. Makes total sense. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, absolutely. God be with you. Godspeed. You guys, I get it. Now, when you come to a course like ours, you're not going to be on the back of a cart and it's not going to be one bag for one player. It's going to be a caddy carrying two bags for two players. And the way that it works quite often is one player hits a ball 150 yards to the left, <laughs> another player hits the ball 150 yards to the right, yep. and so the players say, oh, let me just take a few clubs and I'll meet you. You know, at least one of the players says that. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, so now you've got players off with multiple clubs, all right? And then they come back and you're trying to, as a caddy, stay out in front of them, keep pace of play moving. And mm -hmm. one guy hands you four clubs, the other guy hands you three clubs, and you got the bags over your shoulders. Now you've got, to, instead of having like a three slot bag where you mm -hmm. can take some irons and just throw them in the iron slot at one at a time, you know, one like that, mm -hmm. you've got to set them down. You got to take each one, you know, it just really takes a lot of time. And when you're playing a massive golf course and you want to do it in less than six hours, time like that is mm -hmm. precious. Yeah. Does that make some sense? Do, do, do you think that uh, that explanation can soothe the naysayers who say 14 slot bags or die, Nick? I mean, I hope so. I'm on your side as far as that goes. <laughs> um, you know what, uh, what else kind of grinds my gears a little bit is, is when you have a 14 slaughter and some guy's got a, got his particular way of doing it and you put like the seven iron in the wrong slot and he's like well this isn't where the seven iron goes. i'm like i'm just trying to get the the clubs in the bag you, you know just be just <laughs> all there still okay yeah yeah no i know and and so um it, it, there are bigger problems in the world there are kids who are going hungry there's war in the world we're yeah. going to survive if we have to carry them mm -hmm. players are going to survive if a if if uh they don't have it whatever you know this isn't uh uh life or death issues here but it is kind mm -hmm. of fun to think about and talk about and mm -hmm. uh and so you know it's just you wanna you want to be able to move and especially when you have yeah. two players you know the way it is is really one player hits a shot but the your other player is 70 yards ahead to the right, you want to be able to move to them yeah. as soon as that player hits. Those are examples of how you kind of keep pace going yeah. Yeah, absolutely. rather than um, people watch on TV and the kind of rounds of golf we have are really not designed to be anything like you see on television. Yeah, not really, no. Yeah. Um, yeah, but we, we like, you know, the round's going to be five hours anyways, and people like gasp, and, and it's like, well, it doesn't feel like five hours. We keep things moving at a pretty good pace, hopefully, um, as long as the players are cooperative with us and everything like that. So, yeah, I mean, 
these are all things that help us, you know, keep things moving out there. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and like you said, you know, when you're, when you're doing two loops in a day, you do look for ways to, you know, maybe conserve some energy and some, some mm -hmm. of your patience and all of that. But, um, this isn't because caddies don't want to work hard or there's not other, uh, you know, bigger things to worry about. This is just an opportunity to share a point of view that maybe helps people be a little more considerate of one another. I, I think on the flip side, we as caddies can, we have to read our player and say, okay, I'm with a real, you know, I'm with this engineer who's wired just differently than I am. Yeah. And uh, they, they, their brain works in a different way. So, maybe I've got to be a little bit more caring about the types of things they care about than when I'm with the willy nilly entrepreneur who's just getting hammered or whatever. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. every, every loop is different. So, um, boy, but you know, yeah. So this is something that if you're going to go to a course that has caddies, just maybe put some thought to it. We're going to do an episode in the future where we actually throw out some equipment about what you do need, what you don't need, and maybe some of the best bags out there on the market that are designed for carrying versus yeah. some that aren't. Okay. You um, know what you know what always made me wonder? Uh like why these these companies that design bags don't uh seek out caddies' opinions on how to design a golf bag. You know, <laughs> that would seem like an obvious choice for someone to, you know, consult about designing a golf bag. Yeah, I guess probably the percentage of people who, you know, our our world is pretty uh, immersed in this life, but probably mm -hmm. most golf is played without a caddy. And so Agreed. it just is, you know, high. Well, a lot of people do like to carry. So, like, not everyone's taking a cart. So Right, you know. right, right. No, and, um, yeah, I mean, there are, yeah, there are people who maybe would carry more and walk more and enjoy golf in that way if the yeah. bag was something that was comfortable on their back and, um mm -hmm. So yeah, it's it's a valuable topic. So this is something we indeed care much about. You listeners out there, be sure to share your point of view or to share your thoughts on it. We love you regardless. If you bring a heavy bag, we're not going to uh, be mad at you. And again, it's not just about changing it out. Like I said, some people don't want to. At our particular course too, we have some rules on what bags you can change out and can't change out because there's only so many bags they can buy that are available for that. So um, just just put some thought to it. Uh, before we close today, Nick, we do want to have our segment that we introduced last week called Good Caddy, Bad Caddy, and uh, discuss an issue that we run across that, um, you know, there's maybe a positive way to handle it, uh, a more negative one, and maybe we've done that and we've made the mistake before. And it wasn't as productive. Last week we talked about when a player stares you down on the green after a maybe an unsuccessful putt or a bad read on our part. How do you do that? Never. This week, yeah. <laughs> this week, um, and I thought about that with Wyndham Clark, by the way, for those who saw and he had those putts. If you ever wonder what it's like, you know, this is a guy who was putting like one of the best days you're ever going to see amongst mm. the top, you know, 0.0001% of golfers in the world. And mm -hmm. he was set apart even from them. And he left these putts on the final three holes like an inch or two short. Mm -hmm. Folks, those are the kind of putts that we indeed, indeed do have players look at us 
mad about. Okay, so that's why that came up. Oh, and, uh, uphill. <laughs> what's that? You didn't tell me it was uphill. You know, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so this week, I we we this was sparked too by the wind that was at Pebble Beach this uh, weekend. Was Nick? Have you ever had somebody show up and you meet them at the bag drop? You're learning mm-hmm. about their game, or you haven't mm-hmm. yet, but you just ask them, "Hey, what what tee box you're gonna play?" Yeah, yeah, and then they uh-huh. tell you. And you immediately have some red flags or some concern. Your heart starts racing. Yeah. And you're like, uh, I don't think that's such a good idea. What's yeah. a positive way to handle that? Uh, I don't know. I guess just be like, uh, it's a pretty tough course. You sure about that? Like, how, <laughs> how far are you driving the ball consistently? Like, are you 300 yards? Like, eh, okay, maybe, yeah. maybe up a little a, more. A, a question that I have learned to ask players um, is – how far do you drive the ball consistently? That word yeah. consistently is, is mm-hmm. the most important one because almost every player seems to say they drive the ball 285. Yeah. And uh, we know that that's not mm-hmm. true. Few and far um, but occasionally they probably do, just not yeah. consistently. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, one of the things that I've also learned to say is, you know, I've never heard a player here complain about playing too far forward. Yeah, I And, uh, you know trying to just make them feel like they wouldn't be alone if mm-hmm. they moved up. But I, yeah. I posted a video on X this weekend. It's been viewed a few hundred thousand times now. And I guess I found out in the comment section, it was from a course in Ottawa, Canada. Mm-hmm. And player, the, the driving range was getting set up and the mats like flew off the ground and out of the guy's hands who were working and mm-hmm. just like hit one guy and knocked him down and the other mats like fly into the parking lot. So I don't know what the wind was in Canada that day, but obviously it was something fierce. And I made the yeah. joke in quotes, I think we're going to play the tips. And so, you know, that would be crazy for mm-hmm. most golfers. And obviously the fact that they canceled Pebble Beach tells you it's even kind of crazy for them. Yeah. Um, and so, but we, we, we've had players do that. And so you've got to be able to, in a positive way, say, hey, we want to help you be successful. Mm-hmm. And so what yardage do you usually play at your home course? Yeah. And they throw blah, 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 blah. Well, we generally suggest one tee box up from that because you've never played here before. Yeah. Uh, the course is a little hillier. It's pretty challenging. Mm-hmm. And you paid a lot of money, so we want you to have a really good day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're constantly fighting the wind. So, I mean, yeah. that's another reason. I mean, yeah. I and then a negative way would be simply to tell them they're not good enough for it <laughs> or, uh, okay, if you want to be miserable, you know, you might be yeah. thinking it, mm-hmm. but that goes back to what I was talking about with the golf bags is these are first impressions. You're meeting someone who you're going to spend an intimate amount of time with over the next five hours. Yeah. They need to pay you. You don't want to have an adversarial relationship. Mm-hmm. You don't want to make a bad first impression. So you can't push too hard. If they insist they want to play the tips, yeah, you know they can play from the moon for you know the money they're play, paying. Yeah. Um, and you're just going to have to suck it up and deal with it and try to be positive. But I try to frame it in terms of, hey, we want to help you be more successful. And we have found that players usually. Um, 
benefit from playing one tee box up from the normal distance they play at their home course. How does that sound to you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I've had, like, so I've done thousands and thousands of rounds, right? And I've had one guy um, that I actually felt bad about convincing to move up a tee box. He came up to me at the bag drop, and he's like, hey, are the black tees open today? I'm like... Whew. Um, <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot of golf course, man. Um, he, that, like how far do you drive the ball? He's like, I think he said like 290 or something like that. I was like, Oh, what's your handicap? And he's like, uh, scratchish. I'm like, okay. I mean, probably pretty good, but I don't know. Let's have some fun. Let's play the blues. And, uh, he, he goes out and like, he literally hit every fairway and every green and just like, he was like a ball striking machine. And I actually kind of felt bad about it. Like, I was like, yeah. he probably actually could have played the blacks one person yeah in it, yeah you know, right so right you know and i've yeah i i i think it's funny my experience is you know i've done this five seasons i've had less than 10 groups play from the tips and that includes like the other uh caddies players hmm. um because there's been a time or two where the other player have yeah. done it but mine haven't mm -hmm. and uh three of those times though have been the first loop of the year <laughs> and I mean, that's just weird, you know, like, yeah, I mean, it, you're just, to be honest, you're out of practice, you know, like, yeah. you're not even sure how the course is yeah. moving and, and not, how the are. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it's, by it's far the, the tee box. That's by far the tee box that we're at the least. So like the hitting lines are definitely different and everything like that too. Yeah. So it's, it's more yeah. challenging. I mean, when we have somebody at the white or the green tees, yeah. I mean, you can, you can tell them things in your sleep, you know, and yeah. uh, not only do you know exactly where the target line is, you don't even have to, but you have a general idea based on where you see the ball land, how far they are out from the mm. green or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no doubt. And yeah, but from the black, I remember the first time I had players from the tips, I walked to the second hole, I, I just walked right past, I didn't even know where they were. <laughs> It was like, and yeah. so then you feel like a complete idiot, yeah. and uh, and and so, um, but then Are you're you like, before Mark, <laughs> yeah. and so you're like not even you're yeah a few times you're not even sure what the carry is on a couple of holes for their drive or whatever. Yeah, no doubt. And, yeah, yeah, and so you know, I I've I, I had one group once, who uh, I will begrudgingly admit uh, was good enough to be back there. They weren't very enjoyable to be out with, but um, they yeah. were good players. But I do remember specifically on the 17th hole, which is a long par three at our course, the weather kind of turned throughout the round, and it happened to be the wind where uh, going in on uh, 14 through 17, we were you know directly into a hard wind. Mm -hmm. And uh, the par three uh, from the tips, I want to say, is like 250 yards. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and so they all – grab driver on the par three and none yeah. of them got to the green and i Oof. i don't know i i just remember being happy about that because <laughs> i had, the, I, had the, I had the bad angel over my shoulder yeah. winning that day or whatever oh, so wow. yeah yeah but you know we're on player sides usually i would say would you agree with this nick that maybe half the loops of the year people are one tee box back further than they should be. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it happens too often, but I think um, it's gotten better than it used to be. For some reason, people used to have like, it, it, even worse about it for some reason. I think uh, the PGA kind of like did this whole 
move it forward um, campaign or whatever, which kind of yeah. helped things out a little bit. Yeah. You know, and, and it, it, this has nothing to do with whether a player is good or what we think about them or whatever. It's more about respect for wind and golf courses and just mm-hmm. knowing that they're hard. The, the game of golf mm-hmm. is tough. And yeah. I'm just a firm believer that you want to have fun out there mm-hmm. and not be constantly frustrated. And yeah. um, so, yeah, we, 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 we want to handle it in a productive way, encourage them to, uh, you know, maybe just – maybe a little less than what you are at home have a fun day and if that doesn't work then you just go out and you yeah try to have a joyful heart with them regardless but Mm -hmm. uh hopefully that helps our listeners there who are thinking about things like this uh we certainly love walking with all of you regardless of your bag or regardless of where you're playing but we do love you a little more depending on those issues as well so with that folks we are so glad that you joined us and uh i'm mark the caddy again that's nick and we uh are so thankful to remind you that just like in life or excuse me just like in golf there's always a next shot after you flub one and so in life that's the same and so go ahead and take yours today